all Utes, all the time. This is your Ute Preview Show with Hans and Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Zone, hour number two of the U Preview Show featuring Frank Dolce. Thanks for making us part of your day. You're welcome. I'm glad you're here, Frank. Everybody is. Things are a little bit better. You guys always say, I can't tell if Frank's being serious. And you two, the two of you, and Lloyd... And Lloyd, specifically Lloyd. Specifically. More than Lloyd than us. And Lloyd. (laughs) Hey, you know what USC does do well? They protect their quarterback pretty darn well. It's hard to get to them. They only give up a sack a game, or I think it's just less than a sack a game. Yeah. They protect him well, and the passing game, they're – they're pretty darn good. They're number 20 in the country. Put they're leading, yards they're leading the Pac-12. In passing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, th- this is a but, – but then they've gone through games, a couple games, where they've run for, like, 48 yards or they've run for 70-something yards, mm-hmm. where they haven't hit the 100-yard mark. This is USC. With Keontae like, Ingram. <clears throat> that's what I mean about this doesn't fit. It's not a fit. USC, to me, is a team that should be, like, pushing people around at the line of scrimmage. You would think. Their offensive line's okay, actually. From what I saw against Colorado. Colorado's not very good, though. Colorado's so maybe, not good. So maybe it's a false front. Here's a concern that I have about USC-Utah this weekend. If you look at the other side, uh, USC's defense, Colorado's offense, I did not see a, very many plays where the quarterback from Colorado – got to his five-step drop or took a snap and got into his drop without pressure. being pressured. He was pressured. They he was pressured, pressured Colorado. and it was, uh, it was not more than, like, they didn't, there weren't crazy blitzes. They were going with, like, a four-man rush. So two guys that, that I've gotten written down off my notes of watching that game this morning, Tuli Tuipolotu, and it's not that he's a sack master because – he doesn't have a ton throughout the year, and then and he's number forty nine, and then Drake Jackson, number ninety nine. Mm-hmm. He had two sacks versus Colorado. Tuli Tuipolotu had a sack, but it was a forced interception on the sack. So as he was sacking him, the quarterback was kind of throwing it. He hit the arm, and it fell into Drake Jackson's hands for an interception. But Frank, you're right. In this game against Colorado, there were multiple pressures that came from USC. And you're right. It was only a four-man rush. They were beating them one-on-one right. on the outside. So if you try to take that Colorado offensive line and compare that to Utah's offensive line. I'm not, not real excited about this because <laughs> Utah's offensive line is really struggling. I don't know if they're going to continue to go with Braden Daniels on the outside. So you go Braden Daniels on the outside. You go Jaron Kump yes. on the outside. Bills. On the left guard. guard. Yep. yep. Yeah. Leo Ma- Laumea on the, the right, right guard. guard. And Nick Ford in the center. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a chance USC can get some pressure. So if, if Utah sticks to the, you know, we want to throw the ball kind of mentality. Is in your opinion, based on the offensive front, does Utah have a better chance against this USC football team trying to establish the run 
early or taking a step back into pass protection? If they okay, so one thing that needs to be noted about this Utah offensive line when they get into their proper blocking schemes, I think that they've got the ability to block one on one. When Kump takes the proper set, or Mawala takes the proper set, or Oasini takes the proper set, or Daniels takes the proper set on the outside, they got the ability to take guys one-on-one, but Frank, you've seen it multiple times. They stepped the wrong way. And Scotty, I, was, I teased this yesterday and didn't get a chance to talk about it, why Utah fans are seeing at times three guys hit a running back in the backfield, or three guys hit the quarterback in the backfield. And that has to do with one guy taking the wrong step, bumping another guy off, and it's like taking the, the keystone out of an arch. It, it all mm-hmm. comes down. I mean, once one guy takes the wrong step, yeah. it bumps another guy, and then you've got a linebacker, a DN, and a D-tackle looping, and all three come through. That's what's happening with the Utah front, and it's happened too many times. But when they take the right steps, I think that they're okay. When they've got the right blocking scheme, and I don't know if you dumb things down, but to me, what I would do, I'd come out and say, you know what? Screw this. We're we're going to leave extra help. Hey, whoever it is, Tavian Thomas, we don't trust you to run the ball, but we're going to have you go out there and hit some dudes. You want to get back on our good graces? Yeah, come out here, come out and do this. Yeah, yeah. And and I would go to I would hell if I had to, I go twenty one personnel, and I would leave. I'd leave two in the block, and I would put one out of the backfield in the route. And I would make sure that at any given moment, I've got seven that's providing me some defense. But then I can run a bunch of different looks out of the 21. I can take guys in motion and, and, and get into some different route looks against USC. But I, don't, I just don't know why there are so many mental errors. How important is the 100-yard is the rushing mark for Utah in this game? With this in mind... In all of USC's wins this year, they've held the opponent to under 100 yards rushing. In their losses, they've held the opponents have gone over 100 yards rushing. Stanford 141, and Oregon State runs the ball for 322 yards. Yeah. Oh, that's where the 142 yard per average comes. Well, yeah. what did did Oregon State like complete like six passes in that game or something like that? They well, I, I don't know what the passing stats were in that game. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Fifteen for nineteen. Oh, was it? Fifteen oh, for I nineteen was... for two hundred and thirteen yards. But against they ran USC? the ball. Yeah, against USC. But they ran the ball for three hundred and twenty-two yards. That's hey, unbelievable. You know running backs well, Frank. Yeah. Who's the best running back on Utah's roster right now? T.J. Pledger. You sure? Could it be Tavian Thomas? Oh. Minus the doubles? Yeah. yeah. I mean, most talented? Yeah. Yeah. Tavian Thomas is the most talented. TJ Pledger is the guy that I think is the, when, is the right when, choice at the moment. When but Kyle and his Tavian presser, Thomas can't. When hold Kyle on and his ball. presser says, we need to find out who Tavian Thomas is, does that mean we're going to see him this week? I think there's so much skill there, they just can't give up on it yet. Yeah. No, I don't think they can give up on it. But but he is th- this close to never seeing the football field again for next, Utah. Next fumble he's done. The next fumble. 
That uh, and and by the way, that fumble unleashed like it became contagious. Yeah. Everybody's fumbling. Utah had three lost fumbles in that game. There were at least two others that came free. One was the touchdown, Jackson going in. And then Britton Covey, who never fumbles. And Britton Covey, yeah. who never fumbles. By the way, uh, Oregon State, 7 of 15 passing. It was Washington, where they only completed seven passes against Washington. Oregon State. Oregon State. Did. And still won that game. Yeah. Mm. How? What is Washington? Jeez. An embarrassment. The, they'll Just be like everybody for, else in the pack. Maybe that's where Urban will end up. Yeah. I'm so what kind dis- of clubs do they have in I'm Washington? I'm so disgusted with the Pac-12 right now. It's horrible. Yeah. It is It is an abomination what the Pac-12 is doing. And by the way, I, I don't know. I blame the leadership of the Pac-12. I don't think they've done in that conference any favors. Okay. All right. A little bit. But how much does – I mean, he's not hiring coaches. I mean, look, I like – I, I want to – I want to make fun of Larry Scott as much as anybody, but he's not hiring the coaches. He's not the one raising money for individual schools. Like, like, how much do you, you should we place poor football on Larry Scott? Yes. How? Because he I'm not. Should, I'm just curious. He should influence. He should be able to influence the getting the right people in the right places. USC is a very interesting situation right now. Prior to Urban's, I mean, Urban's out now, but just because of that craziness. Prior to that, Urban Meyer should have been hired when Clay Helton was hired. Agreed. The, the sitting president at the, at the University of Southern California wouldn't do it. She didn't want the baggage. The SEC would have hired Urban Meyer in a, in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, there, I mean, is that not incumbent upon the conference to have some sort of influence over putting? If football is so meaningful, putting people right, the right people in the right position. Well, there's something that's so weird about this, though, like really weird about the hiring process, because there have been hirings that I have been excited about i was excited about jim moore jr i know he wasn't exactly blowing it up with the falcons but i thought oh, at ucla yeah i thought well maybe i thought I was, he had a chance i was excited about chip kelly i was but i was excited about kevin sumlin i was excited about kevin sumlin agreed like, i thought herm edwards would be a disaster and mm-hmm. i thought kevin sumlin would be it's weird because i've seen hirings he that i'm like hey thinking outside right. of the box good hire and then they just suck why what, what did you feel about jimmy lake first time he's first time head coach yeah, right I, I thought that would fell miserably and okay so where is why isn't usc throwing oh actually no no, no, no i'm sorry at i actually Peterson. thought i thought i thought jimmy, jimmy lake was gonna chance. be okay because he was part of it i was thinking Other of the guy Chris at Peterson. oregon state smith yeah whatever i've already forgotten his name josh but. smith but I thought that was going to be a disaster, and that's turned out to be one of the uh, one of the better hires this conference has made. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good fit. He's a good fit. Jonathan Smith. Ro- Rolovich. Actually, no, actually, actually thought that might work because he's kind of quirky. Runs that same offense. <laughs> yeah, and, and he kind of has a little Mike Leach to him, but a obviously bit, not that's, enough. No, you can't mask those issues that they have going on right now. 
just a bummer because this USC team really does have talent. And did you just sneak another one in? You can't mask those issues. (laughs) (laughs) Or you might say that trying to mask the issue is ineffective. Don't boom. That's that's the same thing I said. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) This is this is going to be how it goes. Anyway, anyway, back to you. Anyway, the the Pac-12 is a disaster. Yes, it's a disaster. Yeah, and it goes to USC. But but okay. So with that being said, I'm afraid that we're on the cusp of seeing USC come together because Uh, I think Utah is a little bit disoriented. I think that they're reeling. I think that their offensive line has lost confidence. I and I'm worried that this weekend USC is they're at home and if I'm not mistaken um USC Yeah, yeah. That's right. We talked about this earlier in the week. USC is 0-2 in Pac-12 at home and 2-0 and yeah. on the road. The two games that they lost, Stanford and Oregon State, have been in, in the, the Coliseum. Coliseum. The two they won, Washington State and Colorado, so on the road. So you think so they're going to say there's a chance. They're, they're going to turn this around, or are you saying that Utah's going to... I would assume. Here, Here's what... what so this Utah football team we've already discussed is going through this horrendous situation that they're dealing with. The, the, the other issue is that coming into this game, it's, it's not like... So let's just say that Utah has a bad effort, a bad outcome on Saturday. And, and maybe, maybe that is partly affected by the tragedy that has has occurred with Aaron Lowe. The other thing that we we just have to consider the fact of the of the matter is that Utah hasn't been a really good football team this year. It's not like they're a great football team and now they're dealing with the tragedy and that may affect the way they play on Saturday. It's like they're dealing with a tragedy and they're not a they've not been a great They didn't start football. well. Yeah, it didn't start well. So, you know, can you expect them uh, with all of those situations to go there, go in there and, and be no. pristine in football, partly because they're dealing with the, a tragedy, but also partly because they just haven't been great. So any issues that we may look at going forward and say, well, you know, it's tough to deal with the fact that you've dealt with this tragedy might might also be the fact that they're just maybe not that not, good not right that, now. Right. Not yeah. playing well. You know, yeah. at, at one point... Did you realize this? At one point against Washington State, on the defensive side of the football, Utah had eight freshmen on the field. This is something that we don't talk about with this football team. There were eight freshmen playing. COVID freshmen? Or in the game. Or real well, freshmen. Freshmen. Guys with fresh years of eligibility. Yeah. How many upperclassmen are starting on the offensive line? And how many underclassmen are starting on the offense. Isn't Bills? Bills, uh, Bills is a third-year guy. And Daniels is what, a third-year guy? 
No, it's Cump. Cumps Cumps was, for Cumps a freshman. He's a COVID yeah. freshman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's a freshman. What is this world? Yeah. We have regular well, freshmen. Well, I mean, Cump, we played, I mean COVID, Cump played last year, COVID so he's freshman. technically not. I, I mean. I know. Yeah. yeah. I know. But there's, there's, there is a little bit. And here's the other thing that, that uh, like, we're dealing with several guys that are. This transfer portal thing, I think it's been, there's had an effect on Utah. Yeah. Um, Guys who haven't been around the program for their whole career. I want, I mean, we've gone almost an hour and a half on this show and we have not talked about quarterback play. And I want to get your thoughts on rising and what you saw out of him against Washington State and how that situation could be going forward. I mean, we talked a little bit about it last week, but obviously that's, that's a concern mm-hmm. because there were moments he didn't look particularly good, and it was the running game that ended up saving the day for the university. Yeah, yeah, he he looked a little unsettled at times. So in his career now, Cam Rising has started and finished a grand total of one football game. Yeah. So I think we have to consider that there's super high expectations on Rising, and I think he's from, from who. You're talking about from the staff? Yeah. Like staff and... You have super high expectations for him? Uh, based on what comes out of the camp, out of Utah's camp, yeah. Like his talent, his ability, and, and I've watched him several times. I mean, I think that... I think he's he's talented. And I think we've seen him demonstrate that. In games, he's going to have to take a pretty big step forward for Utah to be really good on the offensive side. All right, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We'll talk some more quarterback play for Utah going forward. Uh, coming up next segment, we're live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. You can get 0% financing on every new model here on the law. That's pretty impressive. Yes, it is. Zero percent is wonderful to get. It's free money. It's the best. And you know what? Let me bring something up, uh, Scotty. We have a lot of our listeners out there that might be in a tough credit situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've got low interest rates even for those folks. So if they're having a problem or they want to get themselves a new car, they want to get something fresh, we're the place to go to. And what makes us different from everybody else that does that kind of business, that takes care of those people, I have beautiful cars here. They've gone through the shop. They've gone through the inspection process. We have 37 bays in the back. And when we do our cars up, they're done right. Yeah. They're designed to last a long time, not as soon as you drive off the lot. So if somebody's got credit issues, they need to come see us because well, we are prepared for that. And, and most of those vehicles are going to come with that forever warranty, too. <laughs> On top of that, yeah. you know, you're trying to you know, get your life in order, and you may already have your life in order. We'll take care of you, too. But if you got a little bit of a a, a, a hump in the road, and you the last get year and a half's been rough on some people. It's for sure. been rough. Yeah. You know, it's been a pandemic. So we're we're the right place to come to to take care of you and have a forever warranty with the car that you get. Your engine, your transmission, warranted for 
for as long as you own the car. Yeah, and those are the big ones, too. Those are the ones that are going to hurt you if something goes out and you don't have that kind of protection. That's right. It's number four and ever. Yeah. Forever. Uh, the Pathfinder, 319 a month. The Frontier, 329 a month. Uh, you've been teasing about that Frontier for a while. Now you have it on lot, and I, I saw it last week, and you got one right here. Uh, that's an incredible ride. Frank's a little bit of a truck snob. Mm-hmm. Even he likes that Frontier. Oh, well, thank you, Frank. That's uh, outstanding. Frank. It's a beautiful truck. We're very proud of it. I'm Frank will love the truck, of course. One of the best trucks I ever owned in my life was it lifed. Life was a Nissan Frontier. Really? Absolutely. Love it. Yes. Was it back in the 80s, Frank, or 90s? Well, I don't know that I was driving back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. I'm the old guy at this table. What am I talking about? But yes. Yeah. Well, you know what? They used to be, uh, we, we call those trucks the hard bodies back in the day. Yeah, those yeah, come and look at the hard body. fantastic. Well, come and look at the new 21st century hard body. You know what we what call the hard body is. now? What do you Hans call? Olsen. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hans a perfect match for my truck then. I don't like that joke. <laughs> uh, maybe I do. Yeah, he does. 45, 20. 28 South State Street. I'm telling you, Rich and his crew, whether you got some credit issues, you're looking for new, you're looking for used, 0% financing, they're here to help you out, man. you great staff here. They're ready to go. Again, 4528 South State Street. It is Tim Daly Nissan in Murray. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes look to pick up their first ever win in the Coliseum as they hit the road to square off against the Trojans of USC. Catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 5 o'clock with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Listening to the Ute Preview Show with Hanson Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is your Ute Preview Show right here on the Zone Sports Network. We do it every Thursday from 12 to 2. And remember, coming up tomorrow, all football, all the time, as we get you ready for another weekend of college football. All right, quarterback play. How concerned are you, Frank, with uh, what you saw to Cam Rising in that Washington State game? Well, I think he needs to. I think he needs to get better. Um, there's no question about it. His his completion percentage um, needs to increase. I really like his athleticism. I like what he did with his legs. I'm curious if if Utah decides to utilize that facet of his game a little more regularly. It's dangerous because you're pretty thin at the quarterback position now. So. Uh, but I, I think there's I think there's lots to be optimistic about Cam Rising, um, but he's certain there's certainly room for improvement there. Right now, in the, in the if you're looking at uh, total offense in the in the Pac-12, ten quarterbacks are listed, but Cam Rising doesn't show up on that list. Jackson Dart's number one. <laughs> Hey, if uh, there was any issues, is Jaquinda Jackson the undeniable second-string guy? Yeah. And How nervous are you that that might happen? 
Because Scotty was just asking me about BYU's quarterback situation where there's a good chance they're going into this game with the third-string guy. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, so who's next? And it's like, so, Jay, my have It's the fourth-string guy. It's your, you know, now you're getting into the potential third-string guy with Jaquindon. And we saw him, what, on three carries, fumbled one, fumbled two. Yeah. Lost one. Yeah. Uh I there's uh, there's a lot of faith in the coaching staff with Jackson and his his ability, but again, it's a guy that's just never had meaningful playing time. So there's going to be I just there's just going to be a learning curve, and to get a few plays a couple weeks ago that's super helpful, but f- to put it on his shoulders and say hey you have to go win a game for us at this point. That's a huge ask. So you think they? I'm not. I'm not in, enormously confident in the quarterback position. Do you think they still run some of those packages for him? Definitely. Go, go line. Third Definitely. Down, you have like to. I think you have to uh, uh, limit the exposure to Cam Rising. So you want to have a quarterback run game, uh, and Cam sh- sh- should be involved in some of that, but. There are, there's just you just can't put him in situation after situation where you're going to risk injury. Then you're down to you know third string quarterback, fourth string quarterback, and that just that gets that gets super ugly. That's also why I feel like you know relying on the run game for Utah is becomes much more important as the as the season rolls on. I think I think rising. I don't think Rising goes out at this point and wins a football game. Uh, I think he can work well off of a well-established run game. So I would I would hope that's where Utah's going. And then work the play-action pass game off of that and utilize Rising's ability to move the pocket, get outside of the pocket, throw on the run, or run whatever he wants to do. But... So I think the, the 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 quarterback situation now dictates a little bit how Utah manages the offensive game plan the rest of the season. Hey, what's happened with the Redondo Beach kid, Peter Castelli? Did has he just not developed? And Kyle has, Whittingham was asked going into the Washington State game if he would dress, and Kyle emphatically said no. Yeah, I was wondering, have you heard anything on his development, lack thereof? What happened? Was there an off-season injury, camp injury, or there's whatever it is, people aren't chatting about it. Because I remember so on I signing day, that was one of the that was one names. of the guys. I know. I I have no idea what's happened with him. I would at least it's a mystery. Going into this game, I'd certainly have him dressed. Yeah, he's got four you games. Have, go out there, go in the red shirt. Well, I don't know. Has Britain cover your emergency? I'm sure he would be quarterback. Well, behind so outside of Jaquin and Jackson, the only things you've really got left on your roster as a quarterback is Bryson Barnes and Peter Costelli. That's it. And Britton Covey. So anyway, Utah needs to have more efficient quarterback play. Uh, a, a part of that starts up front. I don't think when Utah's offensive line is taken a step back in a pass set they've been very good They're, they have to clean that up there's a huge test this weekend against USC 
And when teams have successfully run the ball against USC, they've had they've been successful in terms of winning football games. So, I, I, to me, I think that's the game plan. Like maybe we see a slightly different Utah offense in terms of we're going to push you push around at the line of scrimmage, establish a run game, develop our play action pass game off of that. I think Utah in the beginning of this year was trying to to uh, throw the ball a little bit more and and then use the running game as uh, to keep the defense off balance but I think that that might shift this weekend defensively do you see anything different from Utah because it seemed like they really hit their stride against Washington State and sometimes we've seen Utah defenses that takes a while to ramp up but when they ramp up they're really really good um and then we saw them really flex in the second half. Do you feel like this is a defense hands that you feel like is starting to hit their stride? I, I do, and it's one of the best passing defenses in the country, but it's going to be going against one of the best, the best receiver in the country. And I think that that receiver is going to want to make a statement. But you're going to have to put extra tension in brackets. And I know that they've got this other Taj Washington and Mm -hmm. they've got one other guy, Taj Washington's number 16. And then I think it's number eight, the tight end. Yeah. That's a freshman. He's a good receiver. He's very good. So Drake, Drake London's going to pull all that attention. He's going to draw Clark Phillips. And I'm wondering if there's going to be some opportunity in other areas in this game. And I don't. I don't know. I, um, so I, to me, that can because Utah is going to have to get one-on-one pass rush pressure, and USC doesn't give up a lot of sacks. Can Utah get that, that, home? Because if Slow, Slovis, he's inconsistent, but when he's when he's on receivers, he can throw to, mm-hmm. and he can be pretty brutal. The year that BYU beat USC was Slovis the quarterback, and then and then Utah lost to USC the following week. Was it? Yeah, it was something like that. I think so. And Utah yeah. knocked the quarterback out of the game. It was Slovis, right? They knocked Slovis I, out of the game. I thought so. Yes. So so this based on USC's uh, athleticism at the wide receiver group. It is incumbent upon Utah to put pressure on the quarterback. Slovis just can't be allowed to operate in a clean pocket. And the, the, the reason I say he's manageable is because he's not like he's athletic, um, but he he can be contained much more easily than, um, say, uh, uh, Thompson Robinson at, at mm-hmm. UCLA. So. If Utah can, if Utah can figure out how to pressure the quarterback and make him uncomfortable, uh, that goes. I think that's enormous in creating a winning effort on the defensive side. If Slovis has time to throw and he sits back in the pocket, you're just I, you know if you bracket or if you don't or whatever you're going to do on the defensive side, you can't hold on to those three guys all of the time. Somebody's going to break open. So to me, it all starts 
right at the line of scrimmage. Can Utah make Slovis uncomfortable, force him into bad throws? One other thing I wanted to point out, and I know we don't talk a a ton about turnovers because we try to talk about other things, but Utah's minus two in turnovers. Utah has given up three interceptions and five fumbles. They've got eight turnovers. They've only been able to pick the ball off four times and only forced two fumbles. USC is all square on the year. They've given up ten and they've gotten ten. But USC has seven interceptions through these first five games. Mm -hmm. Seven interceptions through these first five games. So Cam Rising needs to be really careful because this team will pick you off. (laughs) And Utah's got to be really careful because that team will put the ball on the ground. It is so uncharacteristic. You ask me what I expect from this team, Frank, and, mm-hmm. and I told both of you, I've backed off my expectations on this Utah team, and, and I'm going to give them a large pass this year. Whether people like it or don't, I, I don't I don't care. I've got to back off and kind of watch what happens. But one thing I can say, I still expect this team to have ball security. <laughs> I don't care who you are and what climate that, that you're in. You can still secure the ball. That's technique and want to. That's just focus. If you start running and you've got it hanging out there off the the side, like Tavian Thomas did a couple of times, hitting the line of scrimmage, Mm -hmm. he's got the thing hanging off the arm. Then I can look at you and say, all right, I can't explain that away. Like There might be even some effort issue I could explain away. Mm -hmm. I could explain away some mental error, but I can't. The, the ball security, I can't explain that away. Secure it. No more fumbles. Whether it's Jaquindon or Tavian or Makai Bernard, I don't care. Just secure the ball. Well, if if Utah loses a turnover battle in this game, they lose, I, there's no chance of winning. I don't think they win the game. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's pretty not. simple to say, but, I mean, I'm, pretty spot on there. I'm already having a difficult time seeing how Utah wins this game. I know. I'm having a You're not optimistic time. at all. Mm-mm. I'm not. I just see too many areas that are disturbing for me. Um, I saw USC's defense get after Colorado off the is, edges, and I, I don't. I don't have a lot of faith right now in Oregon Utah's State, edges. Is Oregon State that good? I mean, Oregon State made USC look dump trucked them. Yeah, beat them up pretty good, didn't they? Yeah. Is Oregon State that good? I, I no, I don't think so. I think well, I don't well, think that they're like be, compared so. to what? Like I think they're a very good Pac-12 team because the Pac-12 stinks. <laughs> Such you, a you, USC's a beatable. I think USC's yeah. a beatable team. But uh, you know, like you said, they 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 show signs of being really good at times too. So if USC's on their game, uh, very difficult task for Utah. Well, Utah's going to have to. I, I think Utah has to create some turnovers. They have to. Run the ball for 150 yards. Uh, they have to make Slovis uncomfortable in the pocket. They have to limit uh, what London does downfield because he's a he's a freak. So can, can Utah do all those things? I mean, if that's the winning formula, 150 yards rush. I'm going to ask you both of these, these things. Can Utah rush the ball for 150 yards against USC? I say yes. I think they can. Okay. Um. I think 
they absolutely should hit 150. Okay. So if they hit 150, I think they give themselves a pretty good chance at winning that football game. Can Cam Rising complete 65% of his passes? No, I, I don't trust that. <laughs> If you put that, you don't at, have to laugh about it. <laughs> I don't trust that. If you put it at fifty nine percent, I might. Okay, so there's that's yeah. an issue. Yeah. Well, Cam Rising, th- that passing game's going to have to improve. I think that you have to complete sixty five percent of your passes. Can Utah make Slovis uncomfortable? Yes. By the way, some of that's on him, but some of that's on who he's throwing to. I just I don't. I, it's the, not. Yeah. Whiteouts worry me. Yeah. But anyways, I, go ahead. I agree. Can Can Utah make? Slovis uncomfortable and force him into bad throws regularly. I mean, no, regularly. I don't think so. No, they can't. Mm-mm. They can't do that. Okay. I think, not, I think they not, can. not off one-on-one rushes. They, they can't off pressures, not off one-on-one rushes. So, I don't think. So do you think they get aggressive knowing that? I don't think you can with the amount of targets with, that you with got. With those receivers? Yeah. Well, how quick can Slovis get rid of it? Pretty quick. So like he's pretty good at that. I don't think that you All can right. risk bringing uh, you know, some personnel out of zone because your quick slants, they, they, they bludgeoned Colorado with quick slants. Bludgeoned them. Anytime Colorado got themselves out of any type of position, it was a quick slant. And, and USC was turning those quick slants into big gains. And in that game against Colorado, it, 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 it wasn't like London was running around free. I mean, he was catching the ball. In tight coverage. Tight coverages, Bad passes. I mean, he's making one-handed grabs. So, Scotty, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's just you, a guy that's... Did you see his uh, touchdown pass oh, yeah. that I tweeted? Yeah. Out? It's incredible. So, the, the other thing is, can Utah win the turnover margin? Um, I'm a little nervous about that one. I don't know. I can't count on that. I can't count on that. I can't count on Utah getting pressure. And I and I I can't I can count on I think you can't count on sixty five percent you can't count on Utah getting pressure and you can't count on the, on winning so the three of the battle. five I can count on You're, them getting one hundred fifty yards I think yeah. that they darn well better well get if then if that if that's the only thing you can count on then Utah's going to have to rush the ball for three hundred yards if you not if you don't count on anything else if you can't count on anything else. All right, final segment coming up next, live here at Tim Daly, Nissan, and Murray. It's your Ute Preview Show. Some final thoughts on this coming up next. It's all right here on The Zone Sports Network. This is DJ and PK. Dylan Calling, former BYU wide receiver. Right now, easy to say Alabama and Georgia are literally in a league of their own. But the rest of that pack, that 128 other teams, BYU is a playoff viable team, and they genuinely believe that. And so to go out there and to know you can put your third string quarterback in and just decide, yeah, we're just going to run all over this team, that is completely game-changing. And to be honest with you, I don't see that really changing over the next five, six, seven years because of the momentum going into the recruiting pickup, the Big 12, all these different aspects that now BYU is playing. It's going to be very hard not to see BYU as a top 25 team for the next 10, 12 years. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All Utes, all the time. This is your Ute Preview Show with Hans and Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. All right, wrapping up uh, another edition of the show. It's your Ute Preview Show. We do it every Thursday from 12 to 2 right here on The Zone Sports Network. Just did some quick math, and I'm probably wrong on this, but 
six of their next seven opponents have a combined record of 18 and 7. Utah's next opponents. We talked about that. Yeah. You've got Oregon, Stanford, UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona State, USC. And then you got Arizona mixed in there. Oh, boy. And Colorado to finish it. That's your next seven games, man. Yeah, it's an, it's not a and, and but the Pac-12 is so quirky this year. It is. It's every team is beatable. Every, every team, team is beatable. That's why at the end of this, it's just going to be a mixed bag. And but I'm I'm worried about even coming off the bye week. I'm worried about their ability to refocus, their ability to hold on to the ball, the offensive line's ability to block and not have mental errors. I'm I'm worried about this team in general. Does a two-loss team win the conference championship? Uh, I think very. Does a three-loss yeah. team win the conference? I don't know about three, but two certainly is in play for sure. Yeah. Hey, and then one other thing that we do need to talk about. Now, we all feel like it's a great thing that they're getting on a flight and heading to the memorial service mm-hmm. for Aaron Lowe in on Texas. Monday. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great thing. But I do wonder how much that sits on their mind when they're going into this USC game. You know, in their mind, they still haven't had closure. What's nice is they do have closure because there's an arrest for a suspect, mm-hmm. which uh, was very important, I think, for this team to to fill any type of comfort. So a suspect has been arrested, but in their mind, there's still a service of closure that's coming up on Monday. It's it's just an I, I don't know how to explain I think the situation. The, I mean, the, it's just. The way I'd look at it is it's a sign to your players that you're doing everything possible to make sure that you have you've done everything you can for them to help them through the grieving process. Yeah, there. I mean, Mark Harlan and Kyle Whittingham and that staff up there, they have done everything possible. They really for these players to try to come to grips with what has happened to try to. Um, you know, grieve the right way and do all that. There's nothing that could have been done more for these guys that haven't been done. And now it's, I don't want to, I mean, and, 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 and now you got to be like, okay, well, now we got to play football. Like it or not, we still have games to play. So we're going to do everything for you, but now we need to get ready and play a big game. So it'll be, like I said, I don't know how you do it. I respect the heck out of these guys for trying to do it. I, I don't know how I would handle it, but but that's a difficult task to put it in front of them. That's why going into this game, my expectations are low. What happens, happens, and we'll talk about it. And I'm giving them a a very long leash on a lot of things. I still would like to see ball security. <laughs> I would. You're giving, I give them a long leash on everything except ball security. But I mean, just, we're gonna we have to get that one figured out. Don't fumble. Well, you know, I think that we I, I think we can expect this team. I, I I mean, Coach Whittingham is has been very. I think he's been very good about this, and I'm sure he'll have those guys as ready as possible to to go and and play. And and I, I mean. Even in the midst of the tragedy, I think it would be sad for them to go out and give a... And I think they would feel bad going out and giving up score effort. I, well, I think they would. I think, think they would. They would yeah. sit in the locker room and regret it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that we can expect a, a, an, a, a good effort. 
a promising right. effort out of the team. Rich is with us as we wrap things up. We're live here at Tim Daly Nissan and Murray, 4528 South State Street. Rich, I think we've covered everything today, man, from the used cars to the new, uh, new uh, vehicles, including that Frontier. Uh, and you can get 0% financing on these 14 new models here. 0% financing, which is free money. That's the perfect time to come and get a car, get a loan where you don't have to pay any kind of interest. It's just pay off the car, do it as soon as you want, and you got a car. You know, listen to you guys. We're in it to win it, just like the University of Utah, just like BYU. And when we win it, that means we've got a happy customer. And we go for that every single time. There's probably somebody out there listening right now that last year and a half has been hard on them. Credit may not be where it needs to be uh, or where they'd like it to be. They may be upside down in a vehicle they don't like. And they figure, well, I'm stuck with this thing and I owe too much and my credit's not good. And, and, and you're feeling pretty down about your situation. Bring it in here. Rich and his crew, they can work some magic for you. Yeah, come on. We have hundreds of years of experience here. We have new cars. We have fantastic used cars that are designed to last many, many years, a lifetime if you needed to, because we've got a forever warranty on most of them, which means that engine and transmission is covered. So, yeah, you know, with winter coming on, now's the time to get in. Take a look at what we have. We're here to make you happy. Forever warranty included, no charge to you for every new vehicle and about 98% of their used inventory as well. And Rich just said it, for as long as you own it, as many miles you put on it, that thing's covered. Come and see us. Let's go. 4528 South State Street. Rich, you're the best, man. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Tim Daly, Nissan, and Murray. This is the Zone Sports Network.